You probably do the same thing that you do when you find yourself wanting something. If I want it and I need it, I go and get it. Pretty, pretty normal, pretty easy response. Um, you know, as a child, I was pretty clueless, and you might say I'm still clueless, but it was a little different kind of cluelessness. Uh, I grew up very happy. I, I didn't know that we were dirt poor. I didn't, rec I didn't realize uh, the neighborhood that I lived in was just kind of a poor neighborhood. It was in a, I had a poor school, and I felt like we were all kind of on the same page, so we didn't know what the outside world consisted of. I, didn't, I don't think I even knew Disneyland was there. Um, we are just content playing football in the front yard. We were content building forts in the backyard and uh, just playing with our friends. They spent the night, and it was just all good. But as I got older, I started to recognize that my friends, we, were, we would go home from church, and we lived across the street from Burger King. I, I mean, the church was across the street from Burger King, and I noticed that we would go that way. We would go home where my friends went across the street, and they would eat at Burger King. And I started realizing as I got older that my friends had toys that I didn't even know existed. And that my friends would go on these things called a vacation. And I didn't go anywhere. And as the older I got, the more discontent I got. Because I started recognizing what everybody else got to experience, whatever else they got to have, that I did not get to have. You know, the, the saying ignorance is bliss is true. As a kid, when I did not know whatever else existed out there, I was completely happy. But the older I got, the more I recognized what other goodies and pleasures life had to offer, the more discontent that I got. The older that I got, I, 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 uh, I started realizing or recognizing that uh, on basketball trips, we would stop at a store and I could bum $5 off of somebody in order to, to buy a bag of chips or a pop. And then as I got older, I thought, you know, I don't have to live without either. You know, when I needed fuel, I whipped out this brand new little credit card and I had fuel. Uh, when I wanted a car, because I was telling Steve Lozen this morning that we were discussing like mechanic kinds of things, and I am like remotely not mechanical, but I would, I, I always could save up enough money for another clunker. You know, I just keep trading this clunker for that clunker and hope that I would get some jackpot car. And finally, I said I can't do it anymore. So in 2000, no, in 1999, I drove a 2000 Saturn off the showroom floor. The the coolest moment almost in my life. Uh, but then I had payments to make. But why did, why did we do this? Because uh, I was hungry when I was uh, on the, with the basketball team. Um, I needed to get to work. I needed to be able to take a hot date out, right? And so I needed fuel to do that. I, I was not mechanical, so I could justify and reason why I needed to buy this brand new car for $12,500. You know, and it's, it was really hard. I, I, I've never been... Uh, a very content person because I've always seen these things that I can get. I, I want, I can figure out a way to get it. I can save up my money. I can use the credit card. I can do whatever it takes to get what I want. So contentment is very difficult. It's very difficult to look and say, I know how to get there and to say, I'm not going to do it anyway. Now, we're going to be talking about contentment today. Now, so any kids who are thinking, I'm going to be content with that bad grade I got on my test when I did not study, that doesn't count. We're not talking about contentment with bad grades because I didn't study. Uh, we're not talking about being content and just mooching off the system and, and, and having someone else take care of me when I can work. We're not talking about being content with the babies that are aborted year after year because I don't want to get involved. 
There are certain things that are not okay to be content about, and there are certain things that we are going to talk about being content about. And those things that we should be content about are oftentimes the things that we have access to a way to change our situation. I, I can save up enough money. I can quit this. I can choose to do something different. And sometimes God says, I want you to stay there in that situation, and I want you to learn to be content. And that's what we're going to see with Paul. Paul was in, he was in jail. He, was, he learned to be content. And we're going to talk a little bit about how he didn't even have to be there. How he, he chose to be content with what God had asked him to do. And so he was in situations he didn't want to be, but how easily he could change those situations. So we're going to be talking about contentment. Uh, before we do, I'd like to pray again and ask God's blessing on this, on this message. God, you know that I'm a human. Uh, you know, God, I, I look and see all the, the, the frills and uh, all the, the different decisions I can make. The older I get, the more money I have, the, the more abilities I have to decide to get out of a situation I don't want to be in. God, I know that sometimes you put us in those situations, and you say, I just want you to stay there. I want you to be content. So, God, I pray that you'd help me to be content. I pray that you'd help each of us to be content. Help us to please show us the areas in our life where we are not content right now, where you want us to be content. Help us to understand what it means to be content uh, and how to be content. I just pray, God, as I, as I speak your words, that it would come out uh, clearly as you intended for them to come out. And I pray for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you take the back of your bulletin, I wrote out uh, some different definitions of contentment. And I'm going to refer to them probably multiple times throughout the service. Uh, contentment, an internal satisfaction which does not demand changes in external circumstances. A lot of times we get into a situation we don't like. If I could just purchase this, if I could just get out of this situation, then I'm going to be happy. But contentment is something that I am in spite of what's going on around me. It means to be free from care because of satisfaction with what is already one's own. I'm going to be content. I'm going to be satisfied with what I have instead of looking to something else to make me happy. And it sounds like something that's impossible. You know, discontent is something that comes naturally. I, I admit at times in my whole life I have been discontent, and that's it's a normal human response. I think as a baby you come out of the womb discontented. Right, I was in there, I was completely happy, I was warm, I was well fed, I was comfortable, and all of a sudden I come out and I can't move everything. Uh, I, got, I got to put on these clothes, I got somebody picking me up that thinks I'm cute, that's kissing me on the cheek. I can't do anything about that, I'm not content. I cry to try to get what I want. So it's from natural, from birth, that we, I think, are not content people. My lack of contentment leads to bitterness. Because I feel stuck in a situation. I feel stuck not being able to do something or choosing not to do something. It makes me feel bitter. I get jealous if I get discontent because I say, look what somebody has that I don't have. Look what somebody can do that I cannot do. And I start to become jealous because of, of discontentment. I start to do risky or bad decision making. Think about people who are not content with the money that they have. And so they, they, they get a horse. And they go, to the, they, they go to some big circle where the horse runs around like the cars go around and around. And they put a lot of money out there. And they, they risk everything that they have to make it big right now. Very risky decision because they're not content with earning money the hard way. They're not content with the slow process of building wealth. They say, I'm going to bet it all now because I'm not content. But it also leads to self-reliance. 
It's a lot easier to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to trust you to do something for me. I'm going to do it myself because I, I, I don't want to take your, your way to this, to this path of success. I'm going to do it myself. Discontentment comes very natural. Well, I don't think anybody here is going to argue with that. But contentment is learned. Contentment is learned. Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 11a. Contentment is learned. Paul says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, but I have learned whatever state that I am in to be content. Paul learned to be content. Paul wasn't born content. I don't think anybody is. I know some babies, they say, boy, this is a really content baby. I just seems really happy just to be held, just to be laying on the blanket playing with that batting thing to give it some exercise. But it's just, it's really at some point in your life, you're going to find some area where you're not content. I can't play the piano like Mrs. Wagner. I cannot, I don't have the money as so-and-so. I cannot shoot a hoop like Tristan. I cannot do these things, and so I do not feel content. Paul learned to be content. Uh, you know, Paul learned that whatever situation that he was in, that he was going to be content. Now, where Paul is at, like I said earlier, he is in prison. He's learned to be content. He's He's learned what it is to have a lot. He's learned what it is to have a little. And Paul, in verses 10 through 13, he's trying to build this case to say, you know what, I've learned to be content. I wasn't con uh, I'm not content just because you guys provided for me what I needed, which they did in Philippians chapter 4, 18. Paul says, indeed, I have all that I need and I abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus this thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling sweet aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Paul was in prison. He's lacking. He has Timothy. He has Epaphroditus. He might be there being able to help a little bit. But this church in Philippi sent what Paul needed, and they've done this multiple times. And so Paul says, I'm, I'm supplied. I have everything I need right now. It's easy to be content right at that point, right? It's easy to look and say that Paul's content. He has everything. But Paul's making it clear. Before you guys gave me what I needed, I was content. Paul learned to be content. And you know what? I, Josh McLaughlin, can learn to be content. I, Josh McLaughlin, need to learn to be content. Uh, and it may sound like a ridiculous thing to do. It may sound like it's unattainable to learn to be content. But if you just think about it, you know, I learned some things easier than I learned other things. Like, I learned to swim much easier than I learned to drive a stick ship pickup or a car. Um, I learned to forgive somebody a lot easier than I learned to not worry. Worry is much harder for me than, than forgiving. But I learned certain things at a different rate than other things. But also, if you look amongst two different people, one person learns something easier than somebody else. This is embarrassing, so if you're paying attention, you'll get it. If not, sorry, you better pay attention. Uh, I have a, my twin brother and I, uh, we have a sister that's a year and a half younger than us. And she was potty trained before us. Okay, so she learned to be potty trained before me and my brother. It just came naturally to her, where for some reason it did not come naturally to us. Uh, when it comes to tying shoes, Caleb learned to tie shoes quicker than Noah did. So we, when people are learning contentment, it might be much easier for Selena to learn to be content than it's going to be for Caleb to learn to be content. And some things you just can't learn. I, I think about the math that Noah's doing, and I think about... Uh, 
he, he asked me questions sometimes. I'm thinking, I have never done this in my entire life. I don't think I'm going to get this. Uh, but I, I look through the book, and I kind of come up with, I think this is how you're doing. But there's some things I'm never going to learn. Like, I will never, for your sake, you, you can be happy, I will never learn to be a doctor. I, I'm just, I, my brain is not capable of it. But when it comes to contentment, I want you to know that this is not an unattainable goal. This is not something that uh, Selene is going to get and Steve's not going to get. This is something that God says, this is what I want for each of you. This is something that you all can learn to do. It's just a matter of being willing to put the work into being content and looking into the right things to be content. Paul learned to be content, and he learned it in spite of his circumstances. So content means to be satisfied. Paul was satisfied. He was at peace. He was pleased. Uh, it was a state of mind, and it was not based off the situation that he, he was in. So Paul was learned to be content in spite of his circumstances. Uh, chap chapter 4, verses 11b and 12. It says, I'm going to just read verses 12 and 13, 11 and 12. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state that I am to be content. I know how to be abased and know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. So Paul has both ends of this spectrum. He says, when I was lacking, I learned how to be content. When everything was going my way, I learned how to be content. And you look and you say, which is going to be easier, if you were lacking to be content, or if you have a lot to be content? Well, you know, sometimes the people who have the least amount of resources and money and talent are the people who are the most content. It's the person who has the most money, the most talent that says, I'm not content. I'm going to keep striving to be, to be better, to have more. And they're just never satisfied. So Paul, and Paul's saying, whatever it is, whether I have a little or whether I have a lot, I have learned to be content. If you read through the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter, or multiple times throughout that chapter, you find out what Paul has gone through, all these terrible uh, situations he's been He's been in danger of death. He's been almost killed. He's been uh, hungry. He's been in need. And he, you find that he's had the terrible life uh, that he doesn't want. And he says, I've learned to be content in those situations. Now he's in prison. He's getting what he needs. And he says, I have learned to be content there. And the thing about Paul, Paul did not have to be in the situation that he was in. Yes, Paul was in prison. Uh, but, you know, he didn't ever have to go to jail. He didn't ever have to be in danger of, of bandits. He didn't ever have to go hungry. He didn't have to ever uh, be in, in danger of death. But because Paul said, I'm going to do what you asked me to do, God. This is where it happens to lead me. I'm going to do this. So, okay, I'll be content. But at, the, at whatever point, once Paul gets out of prison, he can say, I'm done. And I, I'm going to go back and be a tent maker. Because you find out that at least in Acts 18, verse 3, that Paul was a tent maker. He could find a different way to make a living. He can have a whole different lifestyle if he says, I'm going to be discontent with what you're asking me to do and be content with what I want to do. And so a lot of times people say, you know what? I'm not content with the situation that you put me in, God. And so I'm leaving that situation. I don't like it. I don't like the job. I don't like uh, the, the spouse. I don't like the, um, I don't like the pain that this is causing me. And so I'm going to leave. But Paul says, I'm going to stay and I'm going to be content in that situation. Paul learned to be content in any and every situation. I, Josh McLaughlin, need to learn to be content in every situation. Which is easier said than done. I'd love to say, you guys all learn to be content. 
I've got this figured out. This is your problem. Or I don't have to. But I have to as well. It's easier said than done. It's hard to be content, though, when you, you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you some bad news. And you're just supposed to just sit and hold it. You can't do anything about it. Anybody feel like you're content with that, at peace, when you hear the, that bad news? I'm not, I don't want to be content. I'm, I want to race to the next doctor. And I want to keep figuring and studying and trying to, to figure out and not have the peace. I want to figure it out. It's hard to be content. It's hard to be satisfied when you hate your job. Anybody here ever hate your job? It's hard to be content. It's hard to be content. It's hard to be easy in the mind to be relaxed when you're trying to figure out how am I going to make my next car payment, my next tractor payment, my next whatever payment, doctor bill that you have to pay. It's hard to be easy. It's hard to be relaxed in the mind when you have those kinds of of pressures and those kinds of worries that are going through that you have to deal with on a regular basis. Contentment is learned. Contentment is in spite of my circumstances. Contentment is found in Jesus Christ. Okay, I got five suckers. I want five kids who will come up and give me an answer. It's a very simple question. Otherwise, I'm going to sit up here and eat five suckers all by myself. I'm going to take adults and anybody that will come up. Here's the question. This is really easy. What would you do if you could do anything with God's help? Like, would you go walk on the water? Would you fly? Would you be lift 500 pounds? Would you score 80 points in a basketball game? What would you do if you could do anything with God's help? Two suckers. I got two. Anybody else? Caleb. Monica. No? Okay. Maybe next time. Money? Is that what you need? Is money? <clears throat> you know, I asked the same question. Okay, Chase. Good job. What would you do? You know, I asked that question via email. Uh, I'm mean, forever whoever opens it and reads it. And I want—I was asking, what would you do if you could do anything with God's help? I'm thinking, I'm shooting, I'm lifting 500 pounds, right? That's that's my mentality. Uh, I'm walking on the water, which I can do if it's the right season of the year. Okay, I can do that. Uh, some of the answers that I got, though, uh, are very more spiritually minded, you know. So that's. That's good. Um, but people said things. I would make sure that everybody that I knew uh, knew Jesus. You know, I'd want to make sure everybody was convinced that Jesus could be their Savior, that they would put their faith in Jesus. If I could do that with God's help, I would rec make families reconcile together. I would, uh, one person even said that I would return a loved one who passed away back to their family if I could do anything with God's help. Now, the reason I asked that question uh, was because a lot of times that verse gets used not the way it was intended or, or as specifically written in the Bible because that verse a lot of people use it like I can do whatever I want because God's going to help me. 
Um, it's used in uh, locker rooms, like when you're going out to win the basketball game. I can win this game because God is going to help me win this basketball game. I can lose weight because God's going to help me be able to lose weight. Um, and it's true. With God's help, you can win the basketball game. With God's help, you can learn to play that musical instrument. Uh, you can drive that car on a snowy day. But it's not used that I can do just whatever I want to do because God is going to help me. What it's talking about, which uh, I, I felt like it was something that God was teaching me because I've thought of that verse a long time too. If God wants me to be able to do something, he's going to help me to do that. Where this verse kind of fits in is with being content. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And think of it this way, I can do all things. I can be content through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me strength. I can have I can be satisfied. I can be at peace. I can have be well pe uh, at I can be well pleased. I can have um I can be relaxed through situations in life no matter what is happening because God is going to give me the strength to get through this. Whether things are happening the way that I want them to or not, whether I'm I'm losing, whether I'm winning, whether I'm in a negative situation or a positive, uh, I can have peace. I can, I can be content because God will give me the strength to do that. You know, I start, I start realizing, you know what? God is in control. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God's got this. You know, remember that he um, is in control. He's going to take care of it. If I relinquish all to him, I can have the peace that passes all understanding, and I can have contentment in spite of my circumstances if I just give it to God. I say, I just, that's, that's the secret to contentment, is knowing that Jesus is enough, is that knowing that Jesus has this, that whatever happens, God is in control. He's not saying, whoops, I'm trying to bounce all these balls, and I hope I dropped one. He's got it all under control, like it's no big deal. And if I look to him for my contentment, then I can be content. You know, instead of chasing my possessions, all, all those things out there to make me happy, I can say, you know what, thank you, God, for what you have already given me. Instead of trying to desire and, and not be content with the amount of praise that I'm getting from you or from other people, I can make it my goal to, to know that God is pleased or make my goal to please God. Instead of trying to dream about the favorable circumstances, uh, I can say, you know what, I can make the most of the circumstances that I'm in. You know, it's like that uh, Facing the Giants movie. The, the pastor's walking down. And he's, walk, he's always praying down the hallway and talking to this coach who's really discouraged. Their team is losing. There's so much apathy in this Christian school. And he finally just tells them, bloom where you are planted. That's the situation that you are in. Make the most of it. But the world, the world's going to tell you a different option. The world's going to tell you something that is so much easier, that's so much more popular. Uh, but it's by far the wrong choice. You know, back when... When uh, Paul was around, there was these people, they were called the Stoics. They were the Greek philosophers of the day. And we're going to look at two options, the extremes. Because the Stoics, their, their view was, I can do all things through myself who gives me strength. I didn't have it. I didn't need it. I had this fortitude that I could live without it. And I was enough on my own to make it through whatever it was situation that I was in. So they're, they're, they were lacking. And I'm okay. I've got enough. But I've got all the strength that I need in myself to make it through. But then you fast forward like 2,000 years and you have the exact opposite because the world's going to tell you, you know what, if you're not content, 
Go out and find whatever it is that's going to make you content. If you don't have enough money, go out and get another job. Um, work more hours. Uh, whatever it is that's going to, that you need, you just go out and get it, and finally you'll be happy. Um, if, you, if you want more of man's praise, do what it, it takes to make more of man's praise. You get one more trophy, then you'll be satisfied. Oh, you're not satisfied? Go out and just keep pursuing this, then you'll be happy. It's the exact opposite. Um, if you don't like your wife, if you don't like your job, if you don't like your car, if you don't like your dog, get rid of it. Right? I don't like these things. I'm just getting rid of these things. And then I'll be happy and I'll trade it in for something newer and something younger. And I'm always te- I don't always tease my wife. It's not very nice. About, you know, she's sick. She's got some issues. And it's like, I, I'm not going to trade you in. But I tease her. <laughs> I tease her about that every once in a while. The world says, you know what? You've got a problem. Just get rid of it. Go find something new and replace it. And then you'll be happy. And the world says, this is what you need to do. You, you're not content with your situation. Go out and search the world and figure out what makes you happy. I've done that uh, with lots of things in my life. I think about the jobs that I've had. I, I went from job to job to job and not content, always looking for something better. Until I got married. Unless he's like, you put your feet there and you keep them planting. And I still wasn't content with the job that I had, but I had somebody that was holding my reins and saying, you're staying put. And so finally, I learned to be, I started uh, trying to be content when I was learning to make dentures. I, I, mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned that before, I hated it. it. I hated it more than anything, any job I've ever had. I did not like the guy who was teaching me. I think the process itself, I think I could have enjoyed, but it was such a, a rough working environment that I just hated it. But I was determined, I'm going to stay here if it kills me. Uh, it was close to home. I had put enough jobs. And it was just, I was just like, I'm just going to learn to be content. And I learned to survive. Well, you know why I'm not there today? I didn't quit. Praise the Lord, they quit on me. I, <laughs> they decided amongst themselves, we're not doing this venture thing anymore. That's why I was finally free to go. And then I was working, uh, helping the guy drill wells for about eight years every summer, which wasn't really that much fun. But I learned I'm going to survive. I learned that I can make the most of it because God was going to get me through this. So from being an a eight-year-old kid not knowing what existed in the world to being 15 to wishing I could have what everybody else had to being like 30 years old in a job that I hate to now I'm like, okay, I, I'm starting to get the picture here. Whatever situation, if I move, it's not always going to make me happy. If I get another job, it's not going to make my problems go away. If I trade in my car, it just means I'm going to get another car that's going to have some other issues. I can't go the world's view of being content. I've got to find my contentment in Jesus. Jesus is enough. Jesus can help me. That's why Paul was able to endure his circumstance. Yes, I'm in prison when I shouldn't be, but God is going to help me get this through this. God's got a purpose in this, and so I'm going to survive. Now, does that mean that, you know, i got to be content, and, and i gotta, I got to just stay every miserable place I've ever been? You know what? That, that's not always the case. You know, if you don't like where you're at, uh, you don't like the, the way your, your job's going, you don't like about you know, like the health situation that Les is in, I'm not just going to be, okay, well, that's great. Well, we're not going to the doctors anymore. If you don't like the situation that you're in, Here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to pray about it. You know, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. He talks about if, if your son asks for a 
uh, a loaf of bread, are you going to give him a rock? Or if he asks for something, you're going to give him a snake? You know, that kind of thing. He's like, no, he's going to give you what you need. So if you say, you know what, I don't like my job. I don't like my car. I don't like my whatever it is. I fill in the, the blank. Go to God with it and say, this is the situation that I'm in. And he might say, I'm going to release you from that situation. Or he might say, you know what, I want you to stay. I bet Paul would have loved to have escaped out of prison. He would have loved to live the easy life. But he says, I'm going to stay here because this is the position that God has put me in. So this week, if you happen to find yourself needing another car because your, your vehicle died and you, you, can't re, you, replace, you can't fix it, or you find yourself needing a doctor's visit, or you need an upgrade on your computer software at work to do a better job, you know, I, I think if Paul was here, he'd say, if you could do something about that, do something about it, right? You need a car. You need uh, to get to the doctors. You need this upgrade. I think it's okay to, to take care of those things if you need to. But the difference is I'm not looking to this car to make me happy. I'm not looking to what the doctor tells me to give me hope that everything's going to be okay. I'm not basing my self-worth because if I get this great computer software, it's going to make me the employee of the month. Uh, it's, it's not looking to the wrong things to, to fill the void. It's looking to Jesus to fill the void. Whatever void that is, you look to Jesus, and that will help you to be content. That will give you the peace that passes understanding. Your options are two. One, to run around frantic, mad, frustrated, trying to take care of everything that I think I will make me happy. Or option number two is to just go to Jesus. And you find your contentment there, and you can have that peace. You can feel relaxed. Um, I want to give you another prayer to pray if you, if you want to be content. This was it's found in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8b and 9. A guy by the name of Agur, son of Jacob, uh, he gives us these words of wisdom. He says, he's pretty much saying, God, give me neither poverty nor riches. Uh, feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. Don't give me so much that I, that I don't need you anymore. Don't give me so little that I want to go out and still. Kind of just please help me to have just what I need for today. Please help me to be content. Contentment, it's learned. It's something that you can learn. You look home and look at yourself in the mirror and say, Josh, you can do it. You can learn to be content. It's something that is going to be there in spite of circumstances. When you get a, a, a crummy visit from the doctor, when you get a bad grade on your report card, when you have a bad interaction with somebody, you can learn to be content in spite of those circumstances. But you have to remember that it's not found in buying something. It's not found in quitting my job. It's not found in something what this world has to give. True contentment, the secret, is only found in Jesus. Jesus is enough. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to be content, you know the secret. That the picture on your bulletin is like a big lock. You know how to unlock that door and say, okay, Jesus, you're the secret to contentment. It's just a matter of you turning to him instead of something else to make you content. So I just want to encourage you uh, to, to go to Jesus. You want true and lasting contentment, you're only going to find it in him. Let's pray. Father God, I know you look at me and you look and you see a guy who's trying to practice or he's trying to preach what he he struggles to practice. God, you know that I struggle to be content in lots of areas in life. And I know, God, that you are enough. Uh, but I don't always go to you as if you are enough. 
So I just pray for myself, God, that you would help me to find my contentment in you. Not in my favorable circumstances, not in something that I can purchase, but to, to look at you, God, and say that uh, you are all that I need. I just pray for anybody here who might be struggling with not being content, that if they really want to be content, that they would find that in you, that they would have that peace that passes understanding, that they would find that satisfaction, that hope that is only found in you and not in our circumstances. Because, God, we know that you are good. We know that you are in control. We know that you loved us so much to, that you sent Jesus to die on a cross. And you loved us enough that you would even help us to be content if we asked you to help us to be content. So I'm just asking that for myself and for everybody here who wants that contentment. And ask it in Jesus' name.